Welcome to Pilots and Petards Podcast. This is your co-hoister Jimbo, and joining us as always is our co-hoister Drew. If you're expecting individuals authorized or interested in flying aircrafts, you might be a little disappointed. For the record, petard is a real word and it is non-discriminatory. Petards are explosive devices usually used to take out a door or a wall. To be hoisted on a petard is to be hurt or destroyed by one's own plot device intended for another. So kind of to be blown up by one's own bomb. Here at Pilots and Petards Podcast, we watch television pilots or the first episode of a series and make some critical judgments. We're going to decide whether these pilots are awesome and deserve a watch or rewatch of the preceding series, or we're going to hoist these pilots on their own petards. Uh, to hoist or not to hoist, Jimbo, that is the question. The podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything ado with first episodes of a filmic series. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the marathon-running paranormal sensation Supernatural will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Yeah, Jimbo, and when you say marathon running, I believe that Supernatural is currently on its 13th season. So I, I believe this is the first pilot of a show that is still on the air. And what's your background with this show, Jimbo? So my background is, is very simple. I never saw a single second of this show. I knew maybe of it by name as far as being popular, but I didn't know it was there as much of like a horror film. The reason we're doing this pilot today is because our faithful listener coming out of Eagle Point, Oregon, Will, recommended it. Drew, can you give us your background? I don't have that much more than you, Jimbo. I did watch maybe three episodes of this show while we were in Mozambique. Gave it a try. Didn't catch a couple reasons, but nothing nothing crazy. Just didn't catch. One main reason I know about the show is because the two brothers seem to be memed or gifed very often. So people... Uh, tend to express themselves via supernatural meme. And so that's where I know it from. But why don't you take us through the first episode? Let us know what happened. This pilot episode has two plots going on. We have a family is visited by a ghost who kills the mother. This happened 22 years ago. We flash forward and now we have a older brother, younger brother. Younger brother is about to go to law school. Older brother shows up and says, hey, dad's missing. We got to go find him. Long story short, they go to a town in California and they discover the woman in white ghost and they save the day there. Show ends. We have younger brother's girlfriend being killed the same exact way that his mother was killed at the beginning of the show. That was a good summary. Let's hit some high points. I would say the first high point I noticed and it it was consistent throughout the show was the suspense slash creepiness slash scariness of this show there there were a couple times where i kind of jumped back and i was kind of a little eerie throughout the show as well i I felt like the the filming of the suspense slash horror movie type scenes were very well done yeah i'll chime in there and say that i you were we've watched a couple pilots and we're gonna watch more pilots but the first I guess eight minutes, however long, maybe it was shorter than that, but however long the sequence was before the credits of 22 years ago, that was real, real nice storytelling. And definitely for me, by far the most suspenseful part of the pilot. And so that really set the stage. I wasn't as sold on some of the later scenes, but the first five minutes of the show were, I think, as well done as good, like, cinematic horror i think they took a lot of good lessons from horror movies and were able to apply them to a television series which was very cool i agree and i would say that the first scene is significantly better than the other scenes that i referenced but i felt like they they did capture the right angles and you know cutting here and there to to get the viewer you know on their edge I know that horror tends to be on the lower end of the budget scale in terms of, you know, major motion pictures. So I'm wondering if that made it easier to translate uh, to the television screen. Something to think about. I think that uh, a high point, if we can move on to another one for me, was John, the dad. Real strong performance. And again, that really awesome first five or eight minutes. Later on in the pilot episode, we get to see the dad's uh, tre- not treasure book, but like his diary with all kinds of cool Easter eggs and little uh, annotations in it. And then when they break into their dad's room, it's got that cool 
connecting stuff on a wall with yarn trope that I'm not sure actually happens in real life, but I always find super charming. So I'll back to it later. But I think a high point for me of this episode was that the dad's character uh, very much left me wanting more to know more about him and to know more about the way he raised his kids. I agree. He was very well developed for someone that was almost not in the show and he was non-existent after the introductory scene. And I, I also noticed he was wearing a, a United States Marine Corps shirt. He was watching a war movie. His kids are obviously, you know, influenced by a crazy gun type person. Or I do think his character would be something to, to look for in future episodes. I'm going to go to one of my other high points. I'm going to say, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but I like the woman in white storyline. The the fact that it was that it was a common legend that that wasn't just an isolated event that it was kind of like a thing that multiple women had suffered where we have so a woman kills her kids due to traumatic stress from her husband cheating on her and I thought it worked well in the episode because this almost well a couple issues with it but the woman for the most part is killing unfaithful men as a way to kind of continue her her agony of killing her her kids and not maybe going to the afterlife properly. I thought it was interesting in the premise that they were going to tackle quote unquote like urban urban myths or uh rumors and stuff like that, you know, like the stuff everyone's heard of. Like I would definitely be down for for that type of mystery week to week. I hadn't heard of quote unquote woman in white or women in white. Um, but it sounded like enough of like a credible thing. And I was like, oh, maybe I just never heard of that. Yeah. Can I jump in there? Yeah, go ahead. I actually looked it up and what I found was there's, and I didn't write down the name, but there's a legend from Mexico and it was similar. The woman didn't kill her kids because of, of a cheating husband, but the woman drowned her kids and then she, she searches the land trying to find her kids. And so the myth is that, that she steals kids who are either lost or bad kids. So it kind of seems almost like a, like a legend that maybe Mexican culture used to make their kids listen so that this white woman didn't come and steal them. So that was a real origin. Very cool. The only other thought I had was one part I really enjoyed about the woman in white mystery was when they used the 2003 internet to find information. Cause <laughs> I told you this reminded me of a story about our mutual friend, Eddie, myself and yourself and a couple other people and Eddie, we were all in a hotel room. Puto, we were trying to look up the name of an actress from its Always Sunny episode. I was kind of doing some Supernatural Brothers style like web search where I wanted to like have the names all right and use like a comma and a plus. And it was like some old school 2003 internet research. And then Eddie was like, dude, don't you know how Google works? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, watch this. And then he just typed in who is the actress from, you know, season three, episode two, and always saying Philadelphia, like no commas, no colons, no like backspaces or backslashes. And the answer came directly up. So every time I'm on a search engine or every time I like have to think about the old way of doing search engines, I just think about Eddie calling me a moron and rightfully so, because I did not know how Google works. And now I'm so lazy in my searches. But did you enjoy some of the some of the early 2000s little touches that we saw on the show? They didn't really stand out to me. They were there, but they were subtle. My other high point was kind of the show premise and this and this I came came across researching afterwards and and you did touch on it a bit. The show kind of sets up future episodes where you could be doing one shot myths and legends pretty well. I feel like that was a good foundation building for future episodes and, and seasons. I again mentioned this show is like 13 seasons long. And when I talked to my dad about it, he says that he has seen it on in the background of TNT just when he's like doing some other stuff, but that as shows that go for a very long time do, he said there's some pretty cool in the future, like genre bending episodes where the one he called out was apparently there's a supernatural episode where like, Every scene is a different 1950s TV show, like Lucy, I guess. Yeah, I think that there is a lot of versatility in the premise and the storytelling, and that somewhat relates to my MVP, which you're not super happy about, but I, I can defend my MVP. Nice. So I think I think we're good on high points. Why don't we jump into low points? This is a low point we might disagree on, but there were quite a few what I call exposition dumps between the brothers in this show. 
just long conversations about some basic information that, uh, you know, is good for the audience to get caught up, like mostly about childhood and mostly about um, how they came to hunt, as they call it. And, you know, just a lot of telling about things, not a lot of showing. There's a place in a pilot for getting the premise out there. But to me, there was just so many conversations that just seemed like lazy storytelling. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people don't talk like that. Like, you know, you can talk about like a funny story that may illustrate a point, but they just talked in such specific generalities, if that makes sense, to kind of sum up their experiences and their childhood in like 60 or 90 second chunks. So I didn't witness it the same. Um, I'm not I'm not saying there weren't dumps, but it didn't stick out to me. And to me, it kind of fit with the show. I'm not really sure what what I was paying attention to. And may, maybe I was into the story enough where I overlooked those things. I can't necessarily disagree with you, but I did overlook those things if they were as you mentioned them. That goes to suspension of disbelief. Like maybe yours was very much intact. Whereas if mine wasn't, then I would have been in the mood to notice small things, inconsistencies, or stuff that if I had been more into the reality of the show, I might not have noticed, but maybe because there were some other things I wasn't necessarily buying or uh, getting past, maybe I was able to notice some of those things. Or it might just be a thing that bugs me. Like a friend uh, really recommended this. It's like the paranormal detective book. But within like the first five pages, the author was talking about like a new character and the character was like, oh, there was grizzled detective Harold Rollins. And he'd been a NYP detective so long that he knew how to walk the beat and he knew the hot dogs and da da da. And his gruff exterior shielded it. And like it was so much telling and it was just you can let the audience figure some stuff out and you can use character moments to define their relationship instead of telling us that younger brother got away like that dad told him to leave and that's why he hasn't been around for four years like you know it's obvious that there's a split just coming out explicitly and telling us doesn't make me want to learn more about your family dynamic that's very fair and that actually transitions into one of my low points so older brother or dean as as some people that watch the show may know him his development was absolutely terrible in fact, I would say his development was non-existent. The only thing that I really got from Dean was that he is a complete yes man or he's your typical faithful soldier. You know, like it never occurred to him to question their dad's motive or what's going on. He was an extremely flat, boring character. A creep too. His only interaction with his brother's girlfriend is full on creeperhood, not charming or endearing development or just shallowness as a character because there's a lot there there's a lot that could have been something the guy seems like a charming actor he seems to deliver a lot of his uh lines with a wink and with confidence and stuff but why don't we get more into him sticking with dad and the brother leaving like that could have been a cool argument like i feel like if you didn't see your sibling for a couple of years and there were deep reasons for that not happening like isn't there more room for drama or for like a high stakes conversation? Like they seem to get along right away and there seems to be very little like room to develop Dean. So like without conflict, like how is he supposed to grow? The show was very keyed on Sam and kind of just neglected Dean. And I'm curious if that maybe, maybe Sam is a chosen one, maybe like Buffy or something. Maybe that gets developed later. I'm just speculating. I have no idea. I've seen a couple episodes. It's going to become a monster of the week. It's going to become a problem of the week show, which a lot of 42-minute serialized dramas become with like a yes. loose overarching story of the season, but you still have to buy into the characters. And so one half of the main characters being not compelling, you know, or not someone you want to spend 42 minutes with is not a great start to the show in the pilot. You kind of want to come out swinging. So I think we, we can agree on that, and I think we'll agree on this next one. Logical inconsistencies. I had a few. Drew, can you start us off with at least one of yours? People might get thrown off by thinking, why do you care about logical inconsistencies? There's like vampires, dude. You have to have some rules. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a good example of this, because like they established rules in the first episode, and some of the rules you know, ran all seven seasons. But it was like, yes, vampires exist in this world. But if you strike them with a stake, they die. If you hit them with sunlight, they die. 
And even in this fantastic world, there are still rules because if there are no rules, there's no stakes. And if there's no stakes, then like, why do you care if the hero's in danger? Because you don't know if anything can happen. I thought that um, some of the logical inconsistencies in terms of like the woman in white's powers were for storytelling ease. And that feels a little bit lazy. But then some of it was clever. Yes, I liked the way that they got her in the house, but then the powers fluctuating. Again, like I can accept that there's supernatural stuff going on, but there need to be rules so that there can be stakes. What do you think, Jimbo? Yeah, same thing. I thought the inconsistency with the woman in white was the big one. She was only killing people who are unfaithful. And then Sam, younger brother, he is not a cheater. He doesn't fall for her, but yet she's still trying to kill him, which, so that's an inconsistency with her, her legend myth. So she goes against her rules and she's going to kill him anyways. She's able to transport randomly and disappear and she can move through cars. But then when older brother shoots at her with a gun, like all of a sudden she gets all phased and she can no longer affect younger brother in some way. So to me that like that ending, like it was really forced how they were building the action. They probably should have had Dean be the one that falls for her. And then he's more of a creep. Like he's definitely going to try and bang her. And then that, and that would have made more sense in a fight scene or something like that. But Sam, I mean, they just didn't develop it as him being a cheater. He's, he seems more of the opposite. He's kind of a loyal guy. He's loyal to his brother and his dad at the sacrifice of his future prospects of becoming a lawyer. So I thought the inconsistency with the characters and the woman, the woman in white were both a bit annoying. I agree, Jimbo. So I know the show's called supernatural and I know crazy things are going to happen, but you know, we got to start somewhere. We got to, we got to be able to agree on something and having that much inconsistency in that first episode, it'll throw you. And there was so much attention to detail in those first eight minutes that it disappoints that it didn't follow through the rest of the pilot. What was your MVP? Yeah, if we're good on low points. You good on low points? My most valuable part was the intro, which we've definitely talked a lot of good things about so far. The intro was strong. The suspense was strong. It really captures the audience, and I don't think anyone that watched that intro was willing to change the channel yet. I think we'll talk about this later as well. It was kind of lame that that we didn't get as, as many answers in the actual pilot from questions that we obviously had from that intro, but I, I still think the intro was strong. Yeah, that intro was tight, great storytelling, and again, like showing so much. Like the the set was great because like it was a lived-in home. There were so many little accents, so many little touches. They were like, this is a different time, and this is someone's house, and this is a family that you know has routines and has a story and has a future. And then just, I feel, I don't feel like it's cheap, but I feel like it's so powerful to just take your home and to take the safety that you perceive that you have in your home with your family and then to like, just squeeze it. It doesn't matter that you know something scary is about to happen. It's just like, there's so much suspense when you just don't know what it is and you're in that safe place. But I don't know, I get, I get that anxiety where I'm like, is there someone in my house? Oh God. I think we're good on the intro. We definitely talked about it a lot. Why don't you tell us your MVP? I might be getting ready to, to, to do some hoisting. Not a, not a giant fan of this pilot, and we might even get into some of the reasons why in the dangling threads, but I do have an MVP, and I did find a, a shining light. I did find something to really think about, and my MVP is I like the idea of the hunts being facilitated by an ongoing credit card scam. I thought that that was clever. I thought it was cool that they included that. It's going to take care of a lot of like small details, the biggest of which is how do you fund this? It kind of makes the dad and the son seem like outlaw bandit Robin Hood style guys. And then also the credit card comes back in when they're checking into the crappy motel. And he's like, hey, do you know this other guy? And they're like, oh, tell me more. So maybe they'll use the credit cards as like a breadcrumb trail to find the dad Maybe they'll just like always talk about, oh, we always have some gas because we're always filling out credit card scams. And also, who's going to feel sympathetic for like Visa? Like no one's going to like take the credit card company's side and be like, oh, you guys aren't thinking about those claims collectors. So I thought that it was clever. I thought that it was a nice move in the pilot. And I think it's going to like solve some headaches later. Yeah. And plus, my name is Earl already took the winning the lotto. I'll give credit where credit's due. That's a good idea. 
I'm not saying someone should steal it, but I bet you there's a lot of people who are in like the horror genre or just even in like this genre who are like, crap, like that's a good idea. I should have thought of it. Those ideas that seem very simple, but like when you introduce them in the right way, game change is not the right word, but they can definitely like pivot and you're like, crap, I should have thought of that. It definitely works. It worked in the pilot. It'll probably work for for the TV show as well until uh, little brother becomes a lawyer and can really bankroll them. It's been working for 13 years. Yep. I think we're ready to move on to our Crab Man Award. I'm going to nominate Constance. That is the woman in white. She was pretty sexy. She was definitely creepy. I think she's a potential Crab Man. So I'm nominating the sexy, scary Constance. And Jimbo, I got to go rogue. I got to direct our faithful listeners, or our new listeners, back to the One Punch Man episode because... I don't believe that Constance is a crab man. I believe this is a weekly serialized show with a enemy or problem of the week. I feel like the true spirit of crab man was crab man was like, he had three lines, you know, he was barely featured, but he really brought his a game. I'm not sure that supernatural had a crab man, but I feel like maybe Constance had a little bit too much story, a little bit too much exposure. I feel like the crab man is not featured, but gives way more than they take. So I would say Constance is on a different plane than the the crab man himself or the the lawn care dude from Glee. Thoughts? Agreed. Constance is no crab man. Supernatural is going crabless. And it is absolutely crabless. I just had to nominate someone, you know. I, I I wasn't really quite feeling it myself, but I figured she was worth you know, she she was at least a nominee. Let's transition into our dangling threads. Drew's going to explain to us what the woman in refrigerators refers to. Pilot doesn't sit well with me for a couple of reasons, but probably the biggest reason is this pilot is a really big example of the problem in pop culture of women in refrigerators. Women in refrigerators is a trope or an archetype, which uh, the name comes from a some issues of Green Lantern from the mid-90s where a new Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, gets the power ring. He's not sure if he should be a hero, and he's not sure if he can do it. His girlfriend is very supportive, and they have an adventure or two together where he figures out the ring. And then just as Kyle is you know, maybe getting some confidence, maybe figuring this thing out, he comes home, and there's this note that says, prize for you in the fridge. And it's signed A, which his girlfriend's name is Alexandra. And when he opens the fridge his girlfriend has been murdered and stuffed into the fridge. That's problematic. Probably for the biggest reason is that the reason that the female character is killed is to motivate the male character to have the motivation to be the hero that they need to be or to do what they need to do to believe in themselves. And that really takes the other character, most often the female character, to being less than. Like, not a nuanced character with backstory and promise, but like a plot point. This show really suffered from that because the younger brother's girlfriend is in three scenes. And in the first scene, she's wearing like a nurse's outfit at a college party, which is fine. There's context there. The second scene, she's wearing pajamas. You know, the older brother says some creeper stuff. And then in the third scene, she's dying the exact same way that the mother does in the first scene of the show. So that's not one, but that's two women in refrigerators motivating two generations of men to go, you know, have their revenge and their adventures without women that gets called out. There's a website by a really awesome comic book creator named Gail Simone called women in refrigerators. I highly recommend that people go to it. And she started it in 1999. So five years before this show came out and she said she started it as a list of female comic book characters who have been killed to progress the story of male like heroes or male characters. And she said that she started the blog not to condemn the industry, not to condemn comics for its use of women, but really just to raise the awareness of the tendency as female characters that were used merely as plot devices. So that was one of the biggest reasons that Supernatural did not sit well with me. What are your thoughts on women refrigerators, Jimbo? I agree. I didn't specifically uh, know know that term before. But yeah, it is it is kind of it is kind of weak. They're, the women are just being used as tools to progress the plot and to call the character to action. Because Sam, 
Sam does not want to be a ghost hunter. He wants to be a lawyer and he wants a normal life. His mother wasn't enough to call him to action because he was too young. He was too disconnected from his mother. But his girlfriend is, you know, the straw that, that breaks his back. And now he's obviously going to be a ghost hunter. And I and I have one, one more comment. When I did look this up, uh, the villain's name in the Green Lantern comic book, his name is Major Force. So, like, this is like a blatant use of the women in refrigerators. Like, the it's almost like like this author, whoever he was, was trying to invent this phrase because the villain's name, Major Force, is using his girlfriend as a major force to drive the comic book and the new Green Lantern character into action. That's a theory. Tell you what, man, I run the Twitter. I will, I'll put it out there. I'll let the interwebs speak to that. That's... Oh, major force. I mean, what is, was, was he just promoted from captain? He was, he was a former, he's the major force. He was a former captain Adam (laughs) villain. And in the same way that captain Adam was a captain in the air force, major force was also a major and they had a similar, you know how some superheroes have their mirror image as their bad guy, like flash reverse flash major force was also a former uh, military dude with uh, molecular abilities he is quite lame, and he is poorly used throughout the DC universe. So you're trying to tell me that Major Force, who coins the women in refrigerators as being a plot point that forces a character into action, is just purely coincidental? Yeah, I, I think Wow. Gail Simone kind of calls out the women in refrigerators happening before this, but you're right. The call to action or the call to phrase, or I guess the titular situation was Major Force putting... Green Lantern's girlfriend in that refrigerator. I would say it's the titular character, but not the original originator, I guess. Okay. Well, it's just interesting that his name is major force. At least you can't take that from me. I don't, I don't want to take anything from you. I just, I know way too much about comics. Yeah, definitely. I got one more dangling thread and it has to do with, with what I've coined. If you, if you can go to our show notes, we you can reference the Women in Refrigerators link and webpage. It's it's well worth your time. Also, I made a little Venn diagram. It's a three way Venn diagram, and it was my response to Sam's character. And so I, I've kind of modified it to be more of a universal thing that we can maybe talk about in the future as well. I have three aspects. I have an altruistic or a saving people aspect. I have a revenge or main goal aspect. And then I have like a personal or be yourself slash live your own life. So there's these three concepts. What I was thinking was Sam is kind of shifting around from those from those situations. And he's at first he's in that personal. He wants to live his own life. He wants a normal life. He wants nothing to do with with being a ghost hunter. And then now he has this call to action from his girlfriend being a woman in a refrigerator. And now he's going to have to find a new balance. Like, is he going to be purely concentrated on his revenge? Is he going to be trying to split having a normal life with revenge? Is he going to be consumed by trying to help other people? Is he going to see like his girlfriend as being future people he's going to meet that he has to save from this mysterious person that has killed his mom and his girlfriend in the same exact way? So I feel like he's going to have to have some type of balance between being altruistic being himself and taking revenge. And so I thought that was interesting enough to uh, bring up. I think it's very interesting. I want to find some kind of visual representation though. You know what? It might be a better visual representation of is instead of having it as a Venn diagram, maybe as a scale, you know, with like altruism on one side, personal on the other side, and they're even, and then maybe a hand holding revenge and it tips it to one side or another. I don't know. That's an imperfect metaphor, but it's, I like the idea of your saying of like taking look as good. It might not. Well, let us take a crack at it. But, um, no, I think, I think an interesting way to apply the Venn is to go back to the underdevelopment of Dean, because if we try to apply, as you said, this test on him, we couldn't because we don't know enough about Dean's personal life. No, we can. I disagree. Okay, go ahead. I would put Dean in the orange, which is in between yellow and red, and that's altruism and revenge. He he buys into what his dad wants to do. He buys into to the revenge. He actually makes an argument for Sam along the lines. He said something like, 
you know, we saved a lot of people or we helped a lot, a lot of people. So I think he uses that as like helping people as a way to justify their search and their revenge. So maybe he's, he might be closer in the red than in the orange, you know, like maybe he's somewhere, he's somewhere at least into the altruistic part, but I would say he's not in the brown part because I don't really think he cares about living his own life. I think he completely buys into the dad's story. And maybe that is because he was older and he does remember his mom. So I feel like he's being largely driven by revenge, but he does have a little bit of orange at least. He does he does have at least some aspect of wanting to help or save people. I disagree. I would say that when he talks about saving those lives, I feel like he's parroting his dad so many times. Like some of the best stuff maybe. he does is little shout outs to his dad. I don't think I don't think he necessarily believes in the mission. I think that it's the only life he knows. And that comes across in some subtle parts of the acting. There were endearing parts of the show, but I got the feeling that both of the brothers were doubters and that one had that the younger brother's doubts had translated into running away and the older brother's doubts had just been like I'm going to buy in so hardcore that this will make sense eventually. Because they both seem reluctant, but in different ways. So I'm not sure how altruistic he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure either. Time will tell if we were to watch this show. I think he could be in the orange, at least. Closer to the red. Okay. Maybe we can come back to this because, you know, I, I think this this would be an interesting thing maybe for, like, Daredevil and other comic book heroes. Well, just any any morally ambiguous characters. I mean, we could... Definitely, yeah. We could look at just, you know, we could watch damages like the, sh- the legal drama and there's a lot of moral ambiguity there and a lot of like motivation questioning that could be a cool pilot since we're dangling uh you know let me ask you where would let's say you were sam how much would you care about being yourself versus maybe because you do live in this world that has ghosts are you going to just care about saving people or are you going to focus on trying to revenge your mom well, that's the thing. Like the show is gaslighting Sam. Like the thing Definitely. is, Sam has he he. It's it's normal for him to want what he wants. Like it's kind of BS that like they're taking this trauma from his childhood and then trying to make it define his entire existence when he has, as he pointed out, saved some lives. Like, dude, if you save like two lives in your life, like that's really cool. You know, like most people don't save any lives, and if you save like one other person's life that's pretty freaking cool. And if more people saved like one other person's life, that would be fine. If, if Sam wants to be a lawyer, why can't he just be a lawyer? Like he obviously yeah. knows there's this world out there and he's done something about it. Like maybe he could be a cool lawyer that helps out people when their relatives die from supernatural causes. I would watch that show. And then his older brother could be his freaking PI enforcer guy. And that's how they get a oh, show yeah. of the week. Like everyone could yeah. be happy if Sam becomes a lawyer but the show wants you to believe, like, oh, you got to do this. And I'm like, that's BS. He could have been a lawyer. There was a woman in his fridge, man. He didn't have a choice, you know? So let me bounce back to Sam in the diagram. So Sam was, I, I would put Sam in the green. I think as a lawyer, I don't know for sure that he wanted to help people, but that's but that's a logical assumption that he's trying to, he's trying to balance himself in between helping people and living his own life. And he had obviously did not care at all about the revenge. But obviously, once girlfriend goes in the fridge, I think I already said this, he he moves from green to purple. Or maybe even he moves from green to orange. So I think we'd have to keep watching the show. And I hope mm-hmm. that wasn't too much of a repeat. No, 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 no. Jimbo, if you don't mind, do you are you good with your threads? Have we have we pulled these threads? Let's move, man. So then Jimbo, are you gonna watch this show? I'm not going to watch this show. Why? I've never been a fan of horror movies, and this wasn't a horror TV show necessarily, but I just don't really care that much about the mystery, and I don't really care that much about the characters, and I don't really care that much about the genre. You know, the high points that we, we mentioned, I do I did find those as high points in that episode, but they're not enough to keep me coming back. Yeah, I'm not going to watch this. Um, I I have watched a few episodes, and the thing, too, is the things I hear about later seasons are promising, and I liked the Keanu Reeves-Constantine movie. Some people don't. I do. I think it's cool. So Oh, I like that movie. The idea of, like, fighting supernatural stuff and the stuff that I, I've heard comes later, like angels and hell and things, like, 
I know I could get into that. So I, I came back to this pilot with an open mind. Like I'm between shows right now. Punisher has been on in the background for a while. So I do want to find a show to watch. This is not that show. Pilot rewatch for me was not kind to the show. So I'm not going to watch any more episodes. I would be interested in watching the the episode that does the the fifties and the I Love Lucy thing that uh, your dad referenced. I I would watch that show. Yeah. Find us on Patreon and pay us, and we'll watch that show. <laughs> we can be bought. Yeah. Yes. We uh we we heard there's a lot of money in podcasting, so that's where we went. Yep. Yep. Consensus: We're not gonna watch this show. So Drew, to hoist or not to hoist? That is the question. Oh, Jimbo, you get you get that uh that sound effect ready because I'm gonna need it here. Man, Supernatural is very much hoisted on its own petard. Yeah, you know, they had a vision for what they were doing, but the minuses of this pilot do not make up for an interesting idea. Like, to get to the stage of having a TV show made, like, there's a thousand pilots that don't even get made. There's a thousand scripts with a clever idea here and there. Good for this show for running 13 seasons. The first episode... Did not pull me in, and so I would definitely say it gets hoisted on its own petard. Too many problems, not enough solutions. And the most interesting character was the dad. And I want to see his story. I want to hear his story. Like, every part that the dad was in and all the details about the dad were cool. The kids were boring. So, yeah, hoist this thing. The wrong story is being told, in my opinion. I'm going to not hoist it. I found this show to be more enjoyable than Glee. Enough for me not to hoist it. I enjoyed the show. I I was into it, but it, it's not great. It wasn't an easy not hoist. It was you know I was kind of on the, on the fence, but I'm I'm gonna go with a not hoist. Oh, someday we're gonna have hundreds of pilots between the two of us, and you're gonna be ashamed that this is on your not hoist. We'll see, man. I think it was it was definitely getting close. Uh, Dean Dean got some shrap metal up his ass for sure. Like I said, it was it was enjoyable and interesting and entertaining enough to not be hoisted, in my opinion. Then this is a split decision. It is a. It's going to be a split decision, and I'm not even going to try and argue for it. I'm I'm just going to hand it over to you. The pilot, as decided by a split decision, was sound effect. Oh, very much hoisted. Like if you are if you are a fifty one percent, like it's it's a little on the not hoist side. My score of 11 to 13 brings it way down into hoisting territory. Agree. I'm not going to argue. No, it's not. We don't have to, but this does take us to our Petardar. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm not a huge horror fan. I typically do not like horror movies. I can't really think of any horror movies that I like. A movie that I did like recently that I felt was a lot better than Supernatural and was really suspenseful and had that a lot of eeriness was Get Out. If you haven't seen Get Out, that's a must-see movie. Definitely deals with, with, with race and some other social critiques, but the suspense in that movie is excellent. And if you're into horror and comedy, it, it, it has a nice mix of both of those. Great. Um, so two, two things on my petard are, and the first one is, Go find the Women's in Refrigerators website. It's not a real big, complicated website. It's not called womeninrefrigerators.com. You're going to have to go to Gail. Just like go, Google go to our show notes. Link you there. Refrigerators. Oh, yeah. Go to our show notes. Sorry about that. Yes. Yeah, go to our show notes on our website, which you should go to. The website's very interesting. You know, she lays the idea in a very simple and straightforward manner. And then she's collected people's responses. Like a lot of big names in the comic book industry responded. And some of their responses are disappointing. You know, but some of their responses are cool. And you're like, oh, that person thought about this and looked at it. But some of them are very much kind of a, oh, it happens to male characters too. And that is not a sufficient answer for the problematicness of the women in fridges. My other thing, recommendation on the Petardar is, you know, Jimbo, you talked about maybe going back and checking out a Buffy episode or two. And I would say anyone who is into television horror should watch season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode Hush. I believe it's episode 10. It's definitely the Hush episode. These horrible monsters come to Sunnydale and they steal everyone's voice. And so some really classic horror archetypes and tropes get pulled in and get used in a very clever way. And Jimbo, this is very much in Joss Whedon's stride. A lot of Buffy fans point to this as the episode that should have won an Emmy. 
And it really incorporates a lot of the best parts of cinematic horror that you and I appreciated in Supernatural today. So that's that that should get on your petard art. Get it out there. I can see myself checking out that episode. Please do. I'm out of petardar. This wasn't a good genre for me to to recommend something. That's fair. Next week, I am happy to announce we will be taking a look at X-Men, the animated series from 1992. I don't want to say say too much. We'll save it for next week. All right, thank you, Drew. I, I, I was hoping you were going to Now you're just giving me more work okay, to not. do, man. Come on. All right, but so Drew has a, co- a couple things okay. to plug. I'm I'm, I'm just going to plug our, our website. I think uh, if you want to continue any of these conversations, go to our website and leave a comment, and I will definitely argue with you. If you just Google search pilots and petards, you're you're going to get some hits because we are the only pilots and petards out there. And, Drew, and Drew's going to give you some more specific areas to find us. Find us in our weird memes on Instagram. Again, pilots and petards. Twitter, Pilots and Petards, Facebook, Pilots and Petards, join the group. And James works really hard on the website, and I need to work on my bio. But now it's the work week, so it might not get done for a while. The last thing I'll say is I'm going to read us another review. Oh, wait, we don't have any more reviews. And the internet rumors are probably true. If we want to get featured on the iTunes page or some of the other pages, there's a certain threshold of reviews. So if you write us a review, we'll read it at the end here when everyone else has already signed off. And we will send you a personalized meme or an extremely old school personalized meme, a.k.a. a postcard, which if you DM us, we will send it to you. So, yeah, why wouldn't you why don't you want a postcard from your favorite new podcast that the hot new podcast on the block, the one all the the kids are talking about with their with their slang? Yeah, listeners, listeners, if you haven't yet, just log on to iTunes and leave us a review. Okay, it's going to be worth your time doesn't have to be a five-star review we take four-star reviews those are good too we want honest reviews yes so yeah pop out there give us a review who doesn't like a postcard and if you haven't noticed from the music the show is over but we are not done so stick around if you love us as much as we love us and you're gonna play us out with that music are we done done i think brian wants a little shop talk you know he's he's you know he's finally starting to like it Oh, yeah, I know, but I feel like we sign out and then we do shop talk. Or do we do shop talk then sign out? We are shop talking as we speak, yeah, we're still, so let's get know, to shop talk. Yeah, we're still fine-tuning it, you know, figure it out. This shit will buff out. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, one hour and eight minutes. Do, do you think oh, there dude, are 18 We're nowhere near one hour and eight minutes, man. We have so much garbage to cut out. No, I'm looking at the Zencaster right now. It says it's been recording for an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, it has, but that's all. A lot of it's garbage. Oh, I know. What I'm saying is, do you think you're gonna cut like 19 minutes of it? Yeah, there's a lot of garbage. Yeah, for sure, dude. I might even cut this. Yeah. I don't want our listeners to know how much garbage we have. Well, okay. Well, this is the shop time. Um, this is the shop time. Also, um, sadly, I have no uh, plugs for music because I didn't get anyone send me any instrumentals so i'm gonna have to find a guitar in the next couple days and put on my own little instrumental track so i hope you're enjoying that that's a that's a jimbo original or cover depending on what i do that's 30 seconds or less and totally conforms to fair use copyright law no i'm, I'm gonna play something dude including my x-men song oh yeah 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 definitely oh maybe i'll see if i can learn the x-men song that would be kind of cool actually oh that'd be really cool man or if not, I'm dude, I'm, no, I'm just gonna play out the day man. It's gonna be a day man shop talk. I think you should cut the initial confusion of our college talk, and if you want to just jump into the test score part, that's yeah, fine. For sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think it fit the dangling threads as much, but no. you know, some interesting things were said in there. I think I was tired and couldn't exactly remember, or you were you were focusing in on part of our conversation and maybe I just said something quickly. I don't remember exactly what we talked about that led to test scores. Yeah, I might have misrepresented what you said. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just more like... I, you know what I think I talked about was the cost of college because now as a person who pays bills... Yeah, that's what... Yeah. Okay, but I mean, I, it's just kind of come to me now that it was more about like 
you are making foolish decisions. But I guess him becoming a lawyer is not a foolish decision, because if you're going to take on massive debt... No, dude. Why? If you're going to take on massive no, yeah, debt, you should do a high-paying job. Like, why get a $90,000 education? Lawyers are high-paid. What? Law school's some other degree? Well, I'm saying, why would you get, like, a degree in education for, like, $120,000? Oh, in education? Yeah. Like, get, oh, yeah, get, yeah. A, get a JD for, like, twenty grand. Because you might make some more money back. But, yeah, for sure. You know, you can get a job being a teacher for, like, you know, a bachelor's. If anyone, hey, listeners, if, if, if we have any listeners out there and any of you are thinking about becoming a teacher, don't go back to school to, to become a teacher. That's just a bad choice. Take it from someone that went back to school to become a teacher and didn't even last two years. Uh, I like, can, I like, a, this could be the very specific advice part of the podcast where I can be like, hey guys, like, <laughs> you leave a sandwich in your yeah. backpack, it's been a day and a half, and you're like, you know what, it was wrapped in foil. Don't eat that sandwich. Like, it's a bad sandwich. Speaking from a guy who ate that sandwich. I disagree. I say eat it, oh, dude. Oh, dude, it was, it was a Chick-fil-A sandwich I'd eat that from sandwich. Student Union, and it smelled real messed up. Well, it has to pass the smell check, at least. Oh, it, it, it did not pass the smell check. It passed the... I yeah, you might want to pass on that. Check. You might want to pass on that, Sandy. Don't eat it, that sandwich, viewers, also. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, don't go see Star Wars. If you haven't seen Star Wars yet, good on you. And that's all I'll say about that. And maybe I said too much. No, and I say go see Star Wars. It, in my opinion, it is worth 11 to $13. I said I was done with it, but I'll, I'll just add this because it's shop talk. Okay. If I had to rewatch Star Wars again right now or rewatch the pilot for Supernatural, I would rewatch the pilot for Supernatural. Disagree hard, dude. There's so many things that I don't like that I would watch ahead of Supernatural. Maybe if you watch Star Wars one more time, you might, you know. I like Star Wars. I gotta watch it again. I'm gonna have a better idea sure of my do. opinion on the new Star Wars after I watch it again at the beginning of January. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying you're gonna Supernatural it, but I think you're gonna lose some some of your esteem for it at least. I don't know, man, because the thing is, the more I think about the parts I like, the more I'm like, yeah, I really like those parts. So what if I watch it again, and I'm like, whoa, those parts were indeed awesome. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we did have a talk with our buddies about extending the Petards podcast network. So, I mean, maybe this is just the shop talk for popcorn and Petards. Mm, yeah, could be. And if we wanted viewers, I was actually think- thinking about this, too. I'm not sure if there's a, if there's a high demand out there for pilot episodes because for the most part we're talking about stuff that came out such a long time ago and I'm not sure if anyone still cares about the pilots but I would I do because I think there are introductions to television shows and now that the streaming model is like the model like um, binging shows and that you you get shows season at a time yeah I think people want to like get a taste of something and see if it's worth their media consumption. Yeah, maybe they want to hear two guys talk about it, you know? Yeah, maybe they maybe they care about our our sensibilities. Maybe they maybe they're like, yeah, you know, Drew, yeah. I agree. Attention to detail is the most important thing. And maybe you should leave us a review. In fact if you're still here, you owe us a review. Okay? We have we have been giving you plenty of entertainment. I mean we're we're entertaining them as we speak. I think you can at least give us one review. Which is actually one one of my goals. Yeah, the, the reviews yeah. aren't long. One of my goals is to get onto the list of, of shows that pop up if you if you go to the TV shows category. I believe the urban myths about the the so the so called iTunes algorithm because the thing is I think it's real because when I would check to see if we had reviews I used to have to type the entirety of the name of our podcast in the search bar. Now we have thirty one subscribers and. We're like the fourth thing down when you write the word pilots. So you don't have to write pilots of guitars podcast anymore to find us. You can just put pilots in the search bar, and I think that is somehow correlated to like subscribers, maybe. Yeah, I think so. iTunes, get back to me. There's definitely there's definitely um, either either subscribers or downloads. It, it, it's hard to say exactly how how they're measuring that, but 
or a combination of the two. Yeah. All right, man. I think I think I'm about tapped out. Do you have anything else? Uh, God bless you when you're when you're editing this episode. Yeah, man. I really got my work cut out for me. Also, um, this is not going to be published on Wednesday. So Helen flies in tomorrow night. I have Tuesday and Wednesday off, but Helen's gonna, Helen's going to be in town, so this one's going to have to. This one's not going to be published on time. I mean, I don't think we're on a set schedule yet. We haven't said anything about it. And I mean, volume, you know, Glee came out earlier. This one might come out later. And, you know, Helen's coming to town. That doesn't happen every week. It'll average a week. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you want to set a time? And also, are we going to are, are we gonna do one next week? I'd like to. Korea Christmas? Oh, um, shoot, you're right. I leave Saturday. You want to do it? I leave Saturday. Do, do you want to do it Friday night? Friday night? Yeah. I could do Friday night. I'll do Friday night. X-Men's a short, short episode. Well, it's only 20 minutes. Well, no, I want to ask you, are we doing two-parter or are we doing Night of the Sentinels 1 and 2? Oh. Um, it's, up, it's up to you. It's a little bit like Buffy. I think they just broadcast the first one by itself and the second one came out the next week because I, I remember watching it when it came out. I thought they came out together as an event. Maybe they did, but I do remember my older brother being really excited about it, so we watched it. That's really cool. Let's do the first episode. It's Night of the Sentinels Part 1. Well, it's, it's the same title. Night of the Sentinels Part 1 and 2. Okay, let's let's do them both. It's 40 minutes, man. We, man, we got 40 minutes. Yeah, we got 40 minutes. Um, do you know when it streams off? No, I was about to say, I think, it, I think I'm going to have to illegally download that one. Because, and viewers, I'm going to justify that because I've bought this thing before. So I, I can justify illegally streaming it. Cool. I might go to the library. That's also an option. Although, side note, I did... Because of, because I'm in Tucson now, uh-huh. I don't have a library card in Tucson. So I could probably try and get one, but I'm I'm completely cool with just streaming it illegally. All right. Well, I'll let you know if I see it anywhere. I mean, I've looked for it before, and I'm pretty sure... No, I take that back. I looked for it a couple years ago. Yeah, I found it on Amazon fairly recently. So maybe that's where I'll check. Alright, man. Well, I think I'm good. Jimbo out. Alright, every day we're hoistling throughout.